0: side of art the podcast a podcast where we delve into the beauty of islamic art an art concept that combines both creativity and spirituality i'm your host hayat founder of safira the online marketplace for muslim creatives and art lovers Today, I'm happy to have Aksa with me, who will give us some insight into her personal journey with Islamic art. So Aksa is a Chicago-based Muslim artist, and she started her journey 10 years ago. Uh, she's a self-taught artist. Her specialty lays in Islamic calligraphy and Islamic abstract art. She's also a mother of two, and a fun fact about her is that during her school year, she had uh, terrible handwriting. That's what she told me. But somehow she uh, managed to be a great calligrapher later on. Aksa is actually one of the first artists who joined Safira and that believed in the concept of building bridges through Islamic art. So, welcome, Aksa. Uh, thank you for joining us and be willing to share more about your journey as an Islamic art artist. Can you? Tell us a bit more
1: about yourself. Thank you so much for having me. As you mentioned, I'm based in Chicago. I was born and raised in Pakistan. And I've been living in Chicago for about almost nine years now. I'm a mother of two boys, a five-year-old and a baby.
0: Yes, mashallah. Mm -hmm.
1: So they keep me busy. And then besides that, I have a passion for calligraphy and arts that also keeps me busy.
0: That's great, that's amazing. Yes. You told me that you were not very happy with your handwriting at school, but somehow you ended up doing calligraphy. So how did that point happen where you decided to go into art?
1: Yes, so I was, artistic creative from the beginning, like growing, painting and stuff like that. Um, actually, if I um, would get paints as give, gift, it would be like for me. <laughs> <laughs> but writing was something I never thought I could do because um, growing up in Pakistan, um, I'm sure people who, uh, who are from that background, they know that there's so much emphasis on writing neatly and writing Decoratively, uh, we are even um tested on that, like the uh, the handwriting. We are even tested on that, and oh, I was really? not that fond of that. Um, we would have events where we just had to write a diary one page every day, and I didn't do that. I, I actually had my sister do that for me, so
0: <laughs> very clever,
1: yes. And she had wonderful handwriting. She is a lefty, so she had a very unique way of writing. But I that throughout the school. And we used to have, uh, we used to write, um, we had to separate our headings from our paragraphs. So there was a lot of like that kind of stuff involved. And as a kid, I found that like, it just takes so much time. I don't want to put an effort into that. So uh, my friends would do my headings. My sister would do my writing. I was good studies, but this stuff, I just found it very time-consuming. I didn't do that. But uh, for our um, ninth grade and tenth grade, we have board exams. So I kind of had to put an effort into that. And I was like, "Um, I need to figure out how to do that. So someone told me that if I could just take a newspaper in um, Urdu, which is very similar to Arabic, I could just practice my headings on that, just trace over that, the newspaper I could, um, I could uh, pick up headings very quickly, and that's what I did. I thought it was fun at that time, but then after, when I started college, I realized, like, there's none of that. I don't have to do headings. I don't have to do anything. I kind of just wanted to try um, a creative outlet, I want to say. So I bought my first set of paints, oil paints, and I started painting. It all started with landscapes and then uh, some calligraphy as well, which was like the most um, by everyone else. Actually, I want to mention here, I didn't have any art piece, like a calligraphy piece at home. We didn't have anything like that. We didn't have any paintings at all in my house. Just okay. like very basic for um, nothing for walls or anything, but uh, as growing up, I would Thought, like some relatives had this stuff uh, like that. And it was very um, appealing to me. It just, you know, when you have a creative bone, it just, you know, you have an eye for it. You like that, that kind of stuff. And um, I found a frame somewhere and I decided to write Bismillah. That was my first calligraphy. Wow.
0: Uh, That's a great. Uh, also like a very great start to your journey. Bismillah. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs>
1: So I started, uh, I was 15 maybe when I wrote that. And I I didn't write it on my own. I actually traced it and then colored it on glass paint and stuff. And that was my first calligraphy. That was my first painting that we put in our house at my parents. And I think that's when I realized that I could be really good at it if I tried harder. So I started um looking into it much more and that's when um yeah. but it took years to realize this is what i want to do
0: it's interesting to to know that calligraphy was your first entry point to really islamic art because you mentioned that you first did some landscapes yes. but were you also in your head maybe associating those landscape with islamic art or was it just let's say the first step into your um your journey as an artist and then developed through that way of islamic art
1: uh i want to say that uh, when i started landscapes that uh, definitely i knew that um in islam you're not allowed to do figurative art and stuff like that as a kid you used to draw cartoon characters when i was um mature enough to know as i said i did my calligraphy piece at 15 so I knew that I can't do these spaces and stuff anymore so I wanted to try different things and that's when I started uh, landscapes and landscapes I'm I'm close to nature I love that kind of stuff and it was a reminder that I can never catch that beauty that's in front of me my pains like not equally not even like five percent of it but it's so beautiful I just wanted to capture it and I did something i did something i i didn't show it to anyone i combined my landscape painting and I did some calligraphy on top of it and that was a beautiful kind of piece for me i guess it was just in that um woman that i wanted to write he is with you wherever you are so it was like a beach uh painting so i think that was part of my journey transitioning to calligraphy because i realized like i do love this writing i do love the message behind it and as far as style is uh, that evolves over time as you work you realize oh this works much better for you this media is much better for you this is your style
0: yes i see and actually how you describe like that just transition it's very visual like I it's like overlapping two different things which is the landscapes and having calligraphy on top is like it's a very beautiful transition. I assume you're still doing the landscapes, right? Uh, those
1: are yes but very few. <laughs> I don't know that often but I do miss it sometimes. So it's more for like a hobby now. Okay. Like when I get away from stuff I do landscapes.
0: Yes. I mean, it's also a good, uh, a good way to go to nature, go find yes, some inspiration definitely. and then come back, for example. And then... Oh, definitely. <laughs> yes. That's amazing. So did you have... Uh, because you mentioned that at your house, you didn't have any uh, paintings or Islamic art. Were there other people in your surroundings that were doing Islamic art?
1: Um, actually, I had an uncle. Who tried uh, to teach me uh, calligraphy? He was actually my dad's uncle. He came from India Uh for a few days. He lived with us and stayed with us and um, he passed away. May Allah have mercy. So he tried teaching me and uh, it was very traditional type. And as I said, as a kid, I did not write as well. So uh, me, he probably made a mark on me. He was the first person who gave me that column and he said, use it with the ink, and he taught me. But at that point, I wasn't that much interested. But yeah, much later, I realized this is what I want to do. But uh, as far as surroundings are, there was not a lot of calligraphy. There was a lot of handwriting. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lot of reading. And in Pakistan, um, the billboards, the wall talkings, Everything was in an and those scripts. Now when I see it, I realize I was surrounded by it. Uh, I was surrounded by it. I just needed to look closer. Mm, but um, yeah, in my house, there was nothing like that.
0: You've been living in Chicago for nine years? Almost nine years now. Almost yes. nine years. Um,
1: and my home in Chicago were here when I came. They um, So it was already set up, my mother-in-law. Had some calligraphy pieces, but those, um, those didn't resonate with me. Very generic, plastic uh, base pieces, not paintings. Mm-hmm. Like they didn't belong in the decor. I know they would for like as a source of baraka, maybe, mm-hmm. or just some identity of the culture for of the religion in the house but I just felt like it could be so much better.
0: Yes, I completely identify with this. Um, And that's also what I spoke about during the the first episode that is that as Muslims, we often have um, these paintings in our house because it's Mm -hmm. part of who we are as Mm -hmm. Muslims. But like you said, first of all, it doesn't always go with the decoration, which is not a big issue sometimes yeah. because it has uh, another meaning to it like having a card yeah. in your house but it also it doesn't really catch your attention it's um uh, yeah. because you want to have a painting if it's for example about the surah um that reminds yeah. you of that specific surah or allah but at a certain point um these paintings are sometimes without colour, or they really don't catch your attention, so you just pass by it, and it doesn't do anything anymore. Um, So that's very very sad, and I think if if we look at your collection, for example, you actually focus on one concept, and really put the effort to catch the viewer's attention, and to have them reflect on the piece, uh, which is 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 very beautiful, I think.
1: So, thank you. That is uh my goal actually. When I actually started setting up my house here, that's what I was thinking when I went to just like uh, departmental stores and like looking at some common art pieces. I was like, this is something they probably have it everywhere, like, you know, like the dentist's office or
0: generic yes. you know,
1: type of decor. And I couldn't find what I wanted. So, I was compelled to make it. Um, make what I wanted something that was colorful that's timeless that I don't think in 10 years uh, would go out of fashion it's not a fashion piece it's a piece of art that I own that represents my um, religion my culture my identity and that's something I couldn't buy it anywhere so that's why I created um the first art piece for my home over here and that sort of led the journey of creating more and more
0: i really like how you mentioned fact its timeless because islamic yes. art comes from a a long time ago right and um, it start, started a certain way mainly as architecture and murals and other things but it's really evolving and i think it's evolving through the artists that are making it so that's special and um, yes. so you you started to create more and more of these pieces but they were still I believe more part as uh as a hobby right at what point did you decide to uh really share your passion with other people
1: so uh, as you say it was started as a hobby and something that I was doing for myself my home I created a gallery wall in my home with just my pieces and I got a lot of praise from visitors i guess <laughs> yes and uh, so w- the point exactly when i decided to uh, take it out in the world was i was i live in um a suburb of Bolingbroke. so our masjid um, bolingbrook um they have a group of uh, sisters uh it's called sisterhood uh bolingbrook and i was in a quran class and the sister mentioned that she wants to do a uh, like a career show for women and women from all the careers are welcome to showcase what they do what they sell what they make Uh, it could be what they cook it could be dresses whatever and I didn't pay attention at that point but I was like I make I paint maybe I could try and it's not like selling it's just a display let's see how what people think about it and I got a table at that career fair. It was in the masjid. I made a lot of pieces just to add to that collection to just um, to have it out there. Um, small pieces um very like eight by 10, a lot of like, I think I made like 40 of those. Um, and people were surprised that uh, we could have this kind of art in, uh, in a contemporary form. I didn't, uh, it wasn't for selling at that point, but I got a lot of feedback, like people asked me if I was, um, I was selling on Etsy, I had if I was selling on any platform, as a matter of fact, and I didn't have anything at at that point, I didn't have um, business cards, I didn't have I all I could offer was like, "Mm, take my phone number. maybe. I realized there's a really good uh demand for it. And a lot of people told me, Do you make uh like the big ones? Um, like say four feet by four feet ones. Mm-hmm. As I haven't yet because I wear to put all these big pieces. Yes, exactly. You know, but that's that's the turning point when I realized that I could uh do it professionally. I could put more effort into it, I could um this could be just my hobby and my work at the same time and that was about six years ago no more than that probably seven, yeah. yeah six seven years
0: did you do any other expositions after that one
1: i did so the, i want to say i actually want to thank much of the Brook. they had um given me the opportunity uh they had a. they had a it wasn't a craft fair it was like a spring, a spring fair type of thing, and I was able to uh make more pieces and display them. And that was the first time I made any sales um as an artist.
0: Um
1: besides that, um I became I started looking into like local um galleries, local art studios to get involved with their process and stuff. Um Chicago is a very high-end art market. I realized after all my research, (laughs) and art is very specific to uh, one niche. Uh, That's that's not a huge population, but it's still a very good amount of people in Chicago, I want to say. So... Uh, yeah. After that, I was able to uh, go around a few places like spring fairs and stuff. Um,
0: so you mentioned that you also went looking into galleries. Did you also? Yes. Showcase your uh, Right now, I
1: am part of Office Space. Uh, it's based in Utah. They found me through Safir. Oh
0: really? Oh, that's great. <laughs> that's what they told me. That's amazing. Oh, I I actually never heard of them, so I'm very. Uh, we're very happy it's that we fairly new. It uh... started last year. Okay. It's fairly
1: new. That's what they said. They found me through Safira, and they would like um, an Islamic representation in their gallery, which is very yeah. overwhelming and doing at the same time. Alhamdulillah. i local, so it's a bit difficult, but uh, it's still something I look forward to. It's um Obviously, that's my goal, like representation. Building
0: exactly. I, yes, exactly.
1: Allah sent me this opportunity and I'm very grateful for that.
0: Alhamdulillah. Yeah. There's actually something I wanted to ask you because um obviously you are living in a non-Muslim country. Um and mm-hmm. I, I'm super happy to hear that a gallery showed interest in Islamic art. Um, but outside from that example, how you people, non-Muslim people, receive Islamic art, do you have um, conversations with them uh, around that specific art style?
1: So um, to answer that question, I um, when I said um, that year, when I started uh, the Masjid Spring Fair, I had this opportunity to display my art at, uh, at the mall here. It's called Promenade of Bolingbroke. Um, it was a craft fair, and there were a couple of artists over there, uh, a lot of comic style artists, uh, portrait and stuff and um mine was very different i i just um i had a lot of my landscape pieces and i decided to display some of my islamic artwork i at that time i wasn't thinking It's was like mm, maybe a few muslims over there <laughs> it's um it's a neighborhood with a good population of muslims you know okay and advertising it uh in the masjid and stuff too but what happened there Changed my experience of uh, how I create my artwork. Some people, non Muslims, they're just walking by and they're like, What is that? And I think it was, uh, as far as I remember correctly, it was one of the Bismillah pieces and one where uh, Allah says, Don't lose hope.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think it was two of these pieces. Yes. So they Asked me about that, and I told them it's Arabic and it's uh, words from the Quran, and uh, they were very pleased with that. They they asked the meaning and they wanted to know about how I write the process, and they were actually very pleased with that. So that's when I realized it's not just you know just a hobby anymore. It's a responsibility for me to and spread it. It's a way of dawa for me. Honestly speaking, that's the only way of dawa. At the moment for me, I don't go out and talk to other people. This piece, if this makes a statement, people are going to want to know what it says, what Allah says. Mm -hmm. So that was one incident. And then as I got more exposure, started on Instagram, there was actually it was in the beginning of the pandemic. There was a lady, uh, she was from Scotland and she messaged me. She was an artist herself, and she was going through depression. She sent me a link to my artwork, and she asked me, what does it say? You wrote something. I know it's in a different language. What does it say? And that piece was, uh, oh, I think it was um, Don't Lose Hope. He is near. And she said she had lost somebody uh, in the family, and she was going through a terrible depression, and this just told her she was looking through my paintings and she said it looks so beautiful and just looked like um something i wanted to know about what is it and i sent her the link to uh the words i told her if you want to read more if you want to know more i'm a student myself um i i can't say i'm a teacher I, from what i know i can guide you to um a resource where you can learn more about it so that that incident and the one before these were a few things that um, that truly give the meaning to my artwork and you know, life uh, makes me happy. For me.
0: It's a it's a very powerful mission as well and indeed like art is a conversation starter especially if you see something that is new or unknown to you you really want to get to know what is on there, but also about the person that made it, because an art piece is nothing without the person that made it in the first place. So I think indeed, like you said, it's it's also very good Dawah work um that you that you can do. It's funny because we kind of have the similar the like a similar purpose like for with Afira, for me it was also to build bridges and bring people together through art, uh specifically Islamic art obviously. Um, and I think it's. Uh, I'm very happy that you joined the the platform, and I'm also very grateful that we can do this first um, episode together.
1: Well, it's my pleasure. It's uh, my honor,
0: actually. You asked
1: me, and if things work out, as I said, um, a
0: lot decides. <laughs> exactly. Exactly am i correct that you're also doing workshops for children i think i've seen that somewhere on your instagram but i wasn't i'm not sure anymore yes i started doing workshops
1: uh for kids Mm -hmm. mainly i started um now i do it for adults too so my family me and my husband we um i was always looking for things to do with him um like entertainment wise so it was just like um more physical activities, like golf, mini golf, and um, or a lot of eating, just go out, eat, <laughs> and date. I came across this thing, um, it was called Paint and Sip, and I really liked the idea, but all those painting parties, they more drinking alcohol. Yeah. Hmm. It's like such a nice idea if someone would just do it without, you know, <laughs> could make it just halal, that would be great. And I was like, um, um, maybe I should do it. Someone who helped me do this, I want to say that the first time I did it, I shared my idea with a friend. And she was working with ILF Chicago, Islamic uh, Learning Foundation. And she was uh, working for them. She was teaching, taking and taking some classes. And she said, uh, let's do uh, one for ILF. And I will make a proposal. Uh, I will email it to them if it gets approved, it will be a um, like a volunteer thing to do and we'll arrange everything and uh, let's do it and uh, we'll do a short halakha, short uh, gathering and uh, before the paint night and then painting afterwards. And it sort of hit so well, Alhamdulillah, there were like over 40 people, we ran out of room <laughs> I got such a good feedback with that. And then when my masjid, the people who did the career fair, they were like, oh, we got to do it in our masjid. You started here, you got to do one here. I was like, sure.
0: That's amazing. That's really amazing.
1: And they wanted to do the adult one. And um, they wanted to do calligraphy. And we decided to do one of the names of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. And we did the same thing. We actually asked my friend, uh, the one who did the first one, Mm -hmm. if she could do a short hanaqah and talk about that name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we did like 10 minutes of that. And then um, our painting session, everyone loved it. It just became a thing for us. Yeah, I mean, it's
0: it's amazing. Like you went from a non-halal concept from sipping alcohol <laughs> to a very halal concept, which is amazing. <laughs> yes. We have snacks and you know other oh, things. snacks uh, of yeah. halal <laughs> alhamdulillah. <laughs> yes. So this is happening in, the mosque. Do in you... the mosque. And we did some
1: outdoor events um because of COVID. COVID actually gave us opportunity to do some outdoor events and um
0: do you see that non-muslims also go to like are interested in these things so the workshops are mostly um
1: pre-registering mm-hmm. and we in our groups like uh, the group of the masjid or the neighborhood groups for registration but as i said when we did the other ones i did get a lot of questions about that. Um, from. Uh, we did one in Park. Actually, that was uh, recent. That was uh, last fall we did one. And that was also for my masjid. And it was their event. They were, it was a masjid's picnic. And they wanted to do something for the kids. So they could just have an extra activity to do during that picnic time. And as we were doing that, uh, there were two ladies from the church. Um, they stopped by and they asked, about what we were doing and then our message coordinator she asked if you would like to join and both of them sat down and oh, wow. with us. That's it amazing. was an experience because i realized that they'd like to do it too as far as calligraphy too i think um the interest i have seen um i'm sure they'd like to do it but it's just um how to approach them how to advertise these workshops um but there's a lot of um things involved, you know, lockdowns, like that, so. <laughs> yes. in the future, maybe, inshallah, working
0: on that. Inshallah, of course. That would be awesome. It's interesting because, well, from my point of view, like from my end, um, I always thought that calligraphy would be the most difficult art style, let's say, within Islamic art to really bring to the other, so the non-Muslims, because often it, portrays a name of Allah or a Quranic verse or like an Islamic concept and I can understand for example as a non-Muslim or even someone that does not believe in, in God that it would be very difficult to to appreciate it or even to accept it or to even be interested in it but the two examples that you gave like in the mall and now um, during the workshop was of uh, calligraphy and that's really really interesting.
1: So um, as you said, that calligraphy would be harder to be um, approached or um, talked about um, in a non-Muslim crowd. That's uh, I always think too. But I, I'm thinking of the ways to make it easier, make it approachable, make it more um, sensible for them. Well, as i mentioned that i'm part of an office based gallery and they're based in utah uh, they went to a um, art exhibition it's um art fair actually it's for, i sent my some of my art pieces and they had it on display for over the course of three days i sent two calligraphy pieces one said hub that means love and the other one said salam that means peace so just two simple words um in Arabic, and I sent three of my landscapes. The only thing that was sold were those two Arabic pieces by a non-Muslim person. Yeah. She's an artist herself. She got it for her um nephew. I think she told me, but she later messaged me on Instagram, and that that guy who got it as a gift, he messaged me as well, and he said he loved them he said that um, he is interested in uh, Arabic learning about it and the meaning of these pieces just makes so much sense for him and he framed them he put them on his wall he sent me a picture and that was very um gratifying.
0: yeah that's amazing actually like you said i think it's all about how you bring it to the people also um in 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 this example the um words were not so much related to islam but they were part like the 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 art style was still part of islamic art i think islamic art doesn't necessarily always have to be always talking about islam obviously when the, the the audience is muslim uh it's great because that's also the purpose like really to be like a remembrance for Allah, yes, but on the mm-hmm. other hand, if your goal is to bring people together, then it's always good to lower the the barrier a bit for 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 non-muslims and and really let them experience the art style first, and then maybe if they're interested, then other things can come up um, after, so
1: yes, yes absolutely, so uh, absolutely I agree um, I did, uh, I mean, it's writing, right? It doesn't, it's writing in Arabic. So I uh, I was invited to do a um, custom name writing. It was um, event organized by uh, someone at a, uh, it's a corporate, Alta corporate. They invited me to um, write the names of the, all, all the employees in Arabic. And they were doing like a, Eid awareness lunch sort of thing for there were like a bunch of Muslims in that corporate, so they wanted to do uh for their coworkers, like That's what's really Eid, nice. what and they invited me and they just wanted to show the part of the art in Islam. So they just had all the people line up and I just wrote their names in Arabic. And it was very fascinating for them to see it in a different language. How does it sound? How these what these letters um are equivalent in English, so it not have to Quran on only.
0: Exactly, exactly. I think it's amazing to hear like you're very active, uh, like you're doing different things and uh, being invited to different uh, events, and I think it's also very inspiring for other artists to, to hear about this, um, that even if you're doing Islamic art, even if you're a Muslim artist, Um, It doesn't mean that you have to limit yourself to one specific audience and that you can go out there and show the work that you do and be proud of it. Since we're talking about artists, I think we also have some artists listening, and it's always nice to really talk about the practical side of making art. As people would be interested in it, they can get also some inspiration from it. I mentioned in the in the introduction that you're a self-taught artist, which means that you did mm-hmm. not go to a specific art school, but you yeah you you taught yourself basically everything. How did that process go? Are there specific books you read, or people you talk to, or people you follow that help you mm-hmm. to expand your skills?
1: Yeah. Well, the age of internet is a <laughs> Blessings. When I started, as I said, self-taught, I had in, I had printed some photograph, photographs for landscapes and some um, telegraphy pieces just off of Google. Didn't know any more resources besides just google.com so, or maybe Pinterest. I tried to copy the photograph, the writing style, I a lot of times I didn't know what it said, the meaning of it. I just found that it looked so beautiful. I want to try writing, so I practiced. it. I traced over it. I at that point I didn't know much about the tools, the traditional tools of uh, writing either. You mean the
0: قلم for calligraphy. The column,
1: mm-hmm. Yes, the specific item for calligraphy. I was using markers. I was using paint Basically, whatever was accessible to me, I, I was using that in the beginning. But later on, when I started uh, really paying attention to calligraphy, I wanted to learn it more traditional way. Unfortunately, we don't have many master teachers in the United States who teach one-on-one, because that's my style of learning. You know everyone has a different style of learning some people True. do great in remote learning uh, but that was only an option for me remote learning so i enrolled myself um, into uh, a calligraphy program by a teacher named um omar teen and he's based in uh canada it, it's um it's for traditional calligraphy with practical uh traditional tools very classic call them in ink and lika and other stuff so that really i was writing before but when i joined the class my purpose was to get rid of my mistakes because i know it's a very um art that has it's like the geometry where you scales angles measurements and i wanted to correct those i didn't want when i put my art out on instagram i didn't want I want to say this is not how it is. This is wrong, and obviously, um, as an artist, it kind of hurts if someone says that. So um, I'm a self-taught in the beginning, but I I realized that I really, if I really need to uh, polish my skills, I should have some direction, some guidance. So uh, I um, I bought his book. I bought that course and started working on it on my own. Um, it's not a one-on-one teaching course. It's a, it's a, like a, um online course. You purchase it and you work your way through it, um, yes. as to an easy pace. And, um, uh, that's like a, uh,
0: it's like a do, do it yourself kind of type. Of yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. That helped
1: me a lot with, um, with whatever mistakes I was making while writing
0: the way that you extended your um skills was to the the following the course and also you bought his book right yes Uh, did you go yourself to any workshops for art like very local based uh
1: no i um i had not attended any local as i said um they were all what i was looking for was not in that Yes, um, okay. I my house was a lot of just looking the artworks and copying that I had a pleasure of going to Art Institute of Chicago, like three times. <laughs> and <laughs> um, one for actually for a school college over here in Chicago. So um, that kind of also um, changed my perspective as well, yeah. seeing actual work seeing actual gallery, I want to say first time. (laughs) Yeah, it was actually first time here. So um, that actually gave me um, an insight as well. So like, as far as uh, painting is, as far as uh, calligraphy is.
0: Alhamdulillah, that's good to hear. You're apparently also um, specialized in the Arabic calligraphy script called Tulut. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Also, maybe if you can uh, maybe just briefly say something about the different scripts, because some people that are listening are not very familiar with that concept or idea. If you can touch upon that as well.
1: Mm. Okay, as uh, Islamic artwork doesn't allow... Islam doesn't allow pictures or um, representation of a human figure or even um, God figure in pictures so what really is is writing and depiction of flowers and illumination art writing is a form that i believe that the um arabs were very inspired by they were poetic they used to have storytellers say poetry and then when they actually started writing the arabic actually is uh, a derivation of a median language um so uh madian script is very like straight cut words so the early uh scripts of calligraphy were uh, was the, actually the first one is kufic um kufic is uh, a lot of um, angles straight letters not curves as um, the slam spread went to other regions picked up other languages and sort of merged those and then came Nas. Nas is a beautiful script as well. Um they actually Tulaf came first, but Bafid. Uh they started um decorating the monasteries and the mausoleums with these um the verses of the Quran. And then as I said, when Islam was spreading, when the different languages were merging, the art also evolved. Art of writing evolved um in Africa they got inspiration from um that type of art and it the maghribi uh script was formed It's a lot of flowers and um, decorative writing mm-hmm. um the muhakkak is a part of philth it's wider lines wider letters and then Diwani came uh, Diwani is a more a flowy kind of um writing and it's more practiced was more practiced in Ottoman Empire so as I practice the reason I picked Suluf was um when I said that I wanted to build bridges I wanted to make my paintings um uh, a starter uh, I also add one more goal because um from a spiritual point of view I wanted it. To be something that's easily readable, Fula is that type of script that if you can read Arabic easily, whether you understand the meaning or not, you should be uh, you should be able to read it. Um, that's why I picked Fula. It's one of the easier ones too, but very calculated form of art. I want to say, like the the angle of the pen, the column should be at a specific angle. It can be um, like Two degrees left, two degrees like r- right, that would change the formation of your letter Wow, so when we are practicing with um with the traditional teachers, they don't give you ijasa, which means permission to even teach, and it takes you years to master mm-hmm. the, the often people take four to five years just practicing. To become master calligraphers.
0: Well, actually, knowing all this information makes it even more special. To exactly. know, to have that skill, um but also to to view it like it, it adds like a complete different dimension of to it, because you can not everyone can do it. Anyone can
1: try doing it. Yes,
0: <laughs> I I hold
1: the point of view everyone should try it. Mm-hmm. Uh as far as ijazah is they it's considered a very second form of art and to teach the correct um the to teach it correctly more classical way um you gotta have a teacher uh-huh. and makes corrections who tells you because you're Arabic is associated with Quran, to be very honest. Okay. When we are, we are practicing the ayahs and we want to get it right. Yes. We do want to make mistakes. So it's a very um, big responsibility. Yeah, well.
0: completely makes sense. True. Yes. All right. That sounds amazing. Let's zoom into, let's say, one specific art piece. Um, I don't know. Are you Are you working on an art piece right now at this point? Ah, uh, yes, I am. Tell us a bit more about what it is um if you want to, you don't have to. We can also talk about the past maybe <laughs> <painting laughs> um I actually am working
1: on a few pieces right now, trying to make a, like a collection mm-hmm. um but we'll talk about one piece uh in particular okay. uh. Was uh, it's a it's a custom order that I recently got and it it will be my first international order um, and it's very simple very minimalist and one of my favorites and I um, it's it just um, says the part of the uh, shahada, um, and um, when the first piece that I made that was about seven years ago. At that time, I didn't know what that style was. I didn't know what that style was writing was. It's a variation of kufic, actually, and very straight uh, form. And um, I tried to make it very um, contemporary. So it's not traditional kufic style calligraphy. I made it into very vertical lines and uh, spread out. So it looks um. It will go with um I want to say modern minimalist you know,
0: yeah. and how like how do you decide to um, how do you know which piece you're making? Like what what is the starting point for you? Um
1: the starting point is I want to say that um the meanings usually inspire me.
0: Mm,
1: yeah Whereas the, the meanings of the surah that if it resonates with me, mm-hmm. if it's a reminder, um let's say um if it's a reminder in a sense, oh Allah the greatest, right, or don't lose hope, or um he will um give you more. Most of the time they're reminders that I want to write because it's something like you look at and in that moment you're like you could be going through anything and you look at that piece of art and it speaks to you and other times i write uh, the du'as with the same intention that you could be going through something and then you look at the door and in your heart you can make the dua and that could be the time of acceptance and it could bring you ease it could bring you peace um i love this dua of the uh, um and I have done maybe two or three pieces of the same eye in different styles. Um, My Lord, me near you a house in paradise. Uh, every time you look at it, uh, I've had custom pieces. People wanna do their houses, the painting at their houses, which I actually don't like doing. <laughs> but very <laughs> insistent. So every time you look at that piece, you look at the picture of your house, you make that door and. Uh, one moment is the moment of acceptance you don't know like driving force when i am looking what to write i could be writing random poetry in arabic but something that makes more sense to me that resonates to me more is what i want to make and then again i get customer requests as well but yeah this is mostly my own
0: driving yes. course and that's, and that's also uh, I think that's a beautiful thing about art is that like I said I think somewhere is that it's not about the art piece but through that art piece you're also getting to know the artist behind it um yeah. which is great um just to finish this up um are there are there artists that you look up to or that inspire you throughout this journey you mentioned obviously the um, calligraphy master other artists that are special to you um
1: yes most of these artists i found um through instagram and made great connections to they um some of them are not just master calligraphers they've become friends uh, they <laughs> Najam from Canada. She does beautiful Islamic architecture paintings, like so detailed.
0: Can you repeat her name? I didn't
1: Salva Salva Najam. Okay. Um, and then my teacher Omar deen Um, I actually have another teacher, um, Faisaluddin He's from India. His artwork—it's uh, not just artwork. It looks like it's printed on paper, honestly. When he writes, so it's very inspiring, very very inspiring work. And then some contemporary artists like um Sohail Badr, Brother, Adil Abidi, and um Alam, they are um their Arabic calligraphers, um, especially Dia. Dia Alam is based in UAE, I believe, and uh, obviously Arabic is their language, so writing is just in Arabic. So it's not just some calligraphy, but he does typography, he does um Call Graffiti, which is very inspiring. I'm very into it these days, but again, my goal was to write something readable, but these artists are always inspiring, always creating something that just that's just out of the small.
0: yes, <laughs> actually, as an artist, sometimes it's nice to get inspiration from something that is maybe not so close from from you and then get inspired by the colors, the shapes the 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 materials that are used. And yes. I think that's why it's great that each individual in this world has his own style and um, way of doing it, yes. because we are there to inspire each other at the end of the day. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, really appreciate it. It's uh, amazing to hear all the things that you're doing and that you're about to do in the future. Um, it's, it's, it's very inspiring for, for, for me and also for, I'm pretty sure, for the, for the listeners. Um, So thank you very much.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It was my honor to be part of your podcast and talk about my journey. Um, Alhamdulillah. And to be part of Safira.